Amen. Where could I go but to the Lord? Where are you going to go when things are turning south in your life? Where are you going to go when things are going good? You better run to the Lord. And uh, this is another mountain message. I would uh, call this a mountain message, and I'll say more about that in just a few minutes. But if you'd like to find your place in Psalms chapter 11, I want to welcome those that are joining us by the way of the Internet. And I was in Psalms 12 this morning. If you'd like to listen to that message, I would encourage you to do so. A cause for alarm. There's a great cause for alarm in our nation and in our churches today. And we need the help of the Lord. And, and I, who are you going to turn to when the foundations are being destroyed? When everything's changing, who are you going to turn to? You better turn to the Lord because He's the only one that can help. And the title of today's message is, Where Would You Go? Where would you go? Everybody's got a backup plan. Everybody's got a, uh, uh, something in the back of their mind that says, well, if this don't work out, then I'm going this, or I'm doing this, or I'm going there. Many people embark in a, in a wedding. They'll then embark uh, uh, getting married to somebody with, with, the, with the thought is, well, if this, this fails, uh, then, then you know what? I can always just, just go back to this. Uh, you know, I got a problem with people to get married and they got separate checking accounts. Uh, you know, today, that, that's the way most young people are. They, they keep their separate checking accounts. And, and, and it's almost like, uh, hey, I got mine, you got yours, you know, and we'll live together. But, you know, if this thing don't work out, I'm already set up. I'm already set up there. I, I got this little fail-safe thing going, you know. I, hey, if this don't work out, I'm already ready to go here. You better be careful about that. That's dangerous. Hey, you become one. You should be one in everything. Amen right there. I'm going to tell you, I, I don't believe in that mess. It's wrong. It sets you up for failure. It sets you up to fail. Why? Because you've got a, 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 a little thing in the back. You've got a backup plan if you would. Hey, no, you should be all in. And if you can't trust them with your money, then you shouldn't marry them. Hello? Ain't that right? You shouldn't marry them. If there's trust issues from the start, you shouldn't marry them. <laughs> But yet, that's, that's the trend today. In Canada, they, they've made it so easy to, for people to leave out on their marriage is they, they don't even allow people to take the last name, the, the wife to take the last name of the husband. That's against the law. You can't do that. You have to keep your name because they say it makes it so much easier, you know, when things don't work out. May the Lord, don't fall for the devil's ways. You better just stick with the Word of God. Foundations being destroyed. That wasn't a message. That was just a bonus right there. That's free of charge. But Psalms 11, let's read verse 1 through 7. In the Lord put I my trust. How say ye to my soul, flee as a bird to your mountain? For lo, the wicked bend their bow. They make ready their arrow upon the string that they may privily shoot at the upright in heart. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? I can tell you what you can do. You can just trust in the Lord. You just keep trusting Him. The Lord is in His holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes behold, His eyelids try the children of men. The Lord trieth the righteous, but the wicked, and him that loveth violence his soul hateth. Upon the wicked he shall rain snares, fire, and brimstone, and a horrible tempest. This shall be the portion of their cup. For the righteous Lord loveth righteousness, his countenance doth behold 
the upright. Uh, my family and I, uh, two weeks ago, we spent a few days in the mountains of North Carolina. And uh, when we go to the mountains, when we when we we escape to the mountains, if you would, for a little while, and, and just get away for a few days, uh, we don't get away from our responsibilities. We don't get away from the call of God on our life, uh, but we get away to get closer to the Lord. Uh, I, I don't go on, on, on take a few days off because I don't take days off. I work seven days a week. Uh, but if I do take a few days, I'm still at the Lord's service. I'm still a servant of the Lord. I'm still going to witness. I'm still going to give out tracts. I'm still going to go to church uh, when, when I'm out of town. And, and many times God just opens up the door for us to be used of Him and, and be able to preach uh, and, and sing and do things like that. I'm not looking to get out. I'm looking to get in and get more involved. Uh, but you know, when we're up in the mountains and we go away for a few days, uh, uh, I'll get up real early in the mornings and I'll meditate on passages in the Bible involving mountains. That's extra than what I normally do every day. I, that's just on top of it. But I'll look and read and meditate on passages that have the word mountain or mountains or hills. And I'll begin to look at these things and meditate on them. And as, as the day breaks, I'll be sitting on that porch uh, with a cup of coffee in my Bible. And as I watch nature start to wake up, uh, I'll be reading about what God has to say about the mountains. I've got a cousin that lives in the mountains. I've made reference of him before in messages. But, 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 but there was a time there when he would come off the mountains and come in the Charlotte area there in the flatlands. Uh, and that's from 2,000 feet or, or plus down to 600 feet in elevation. It wouldn't take long for him to, to say the mountains are calling for him. Hey, he was ready to get up a little higher if you would... Uh, but here in our Psalms, this reference to the mountains has nothing to do with preference. It has nothing to do with a preference. Some prefer the flat land. Some prefer the ocean, the coast, and to be at the beach. And, 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 but some people prefer the mountains. People will work hard all their life and, and they'll, they'll plan for their retirement. And some will retire to the ocean while others are going to retire to the side of a mountain overlooking a valley or a river. Now my wife, she's not a huge fan of the mountains and she doesn't like the winding roads. Uh, she, she doesn't like the, the one lane roads uh, where you got to go so far and there's just a little pull off for you to move over just in case you meet somebody. Uh, that, that's not really her cup of tea there. Uh, she don't like uneven ground. Amen. And it, can I just say it, if you're in the mountains... If you're in the mountains and you're either going up or you're going down, there's really very little uneven ground. If you go to build a house up there, you're going to have to cut into the mountain and build and get something flat so you can build your house on there. But I'm more like David. In Psalm 61, 2, it says, From the end of the earth will I cry to thee with my, with my heart is overwhelmed. Uh, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Hey, I enjoy the high ground. Uh, I like looking down into a valley or looking down on a river or, or across a mountain range and being able to see the tops. Uh, hey, I grew up in the French Alps. I grew up in real mountains. I mean, high mountains and, 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 and hiking up to just very high up there and, Thousands and thousands of feet up in the air, 6,000, 5,000, 6,000 feet there and, 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 and getting up there and, and man, you could just see mountains forever and ever and looking down in the valleys. Uh, hey, can, can I just say, I got used to that. I enjoyed that. When we was in France, we lived in a valley and in that valley, out of every window of our house, you could see a different mountain. But 
this, this reference here to mountain is not in reference to a preference. This psalm was most likely written while David was in King Saul's court. That's before he was king. And he was there at the king's command. But, but even there, things were changing in David's life. Saul's displeasure for David had become overwhelming evident. I mean, there was no hiding it anymore. Saul's words, his actions, it led others to come to David and advise him to get out of town. And in verse 1, we find David's response to that. He said, In the Lord put I my trust. How say ye to my soul, flee as a bird to your mountain? Where would he go? Where would he go? Would he go to a cave? Because you remember it was in the cave that David said these words in Psalms 142.4, I looked on my right hand and beheld there was no man that would know me. Refuge failed me. No man cared for my soul. He was in a cave. I mean, where is he going to go? They said, flee, go to your mountain, go to your hiding place. Go where. There was nobody there except the Lord that cared for his soul. Where would he go? Well, you better go back home. You better get back closer to family. Well, my, have you, you know about David's family? His brothers didn't care for him. You remember his eldest brother, Eliab there? He said unto him, I know thy pride, thy naughtiness of thine, thine heart, for thou art come down that thou mightest see the battle. Hey, it was after that conversation, though, that David said, Hey, is there not a cause? You see, his brother didn't get it. These folks that are coming to David say, hey, you need to flee to your mountain. They didn't get it either. Because all these people were operating in their flesh. Flee to your mountain. His brother said, why would you come down here? Why don't you just go back home? David's simple answer was this. In the Lord put I my trust. Hey, I'm already standing on my mountain. I'm already standing on the rock that's higher than I. Where could I go but to the Lord? Boy, there's a hymn there that we're going to sing in just a few minutes there. And, and uh, we'll probably cut off before the, for the internet folks there. You'll probably miss out on that part of the invitation. But we're going to sing this song, Where Could I Go? That same song that, that was played at the beginning here uh, of the message there that introduced the message a little bit. But Mr. Coates uh, is the person that wrote that song. And, and where did he get the thoughts? Uh, where did God move in his heart a little bit to write these songs and write these words down? As he sat by the bedside of a dying neighbor, Mr. Keyes. And he asked Mr. Keyes if he knew where he would spend eternity. And the older gentleman said these words, Where could I go but to the Lord? <laughs> oh, I'm going to tell you, when you're facing death's chilly waters, where, where are you going to go? I hope you put your trust in Him. The words of where could I go go like this. Living below in this old sinful world, hardly a comfort can afford Striving alone to face temptation sore, where could I go but to the Lord? 
Where could I go or where could I go seeking a refuge for my soul? Needing a friend to save me in the end. Where could I go but to the Lord? Uh, Neighbors are kind. I love them every one. We get along in sweet accord. Uh, But when my soul needs manna from above, uh, where could I go but to the Lord? Uh, Life here is grand with friends uh, that I love so dear. Comfort I get from God's own word. Uh, Yet when I face the chilling hand of death. Where could I go but to the Lord? Can I just ask you again, where are you going to go? Where are you going to turn to? Who are you going to turn to? Are you going to turn to a doctor or are you going to turn to the Lord? Are you going to turn to a family member or are you going to turn to the Lord? Are you going to turn to your finances or are you going to turn to the Lord? Are you 100% sure that if you died right now you'd go to heaven? If not... Why don't you get that settled today? Why don't you call on the name of the Lord and be saved? Put your trust in Him like David did. What was the circumstances in this psalm? What happened here is David no longer had the favor of King Saul. Matter of fact, King Saul wants to take David's life. Have you ever lost favor with someone? Maybe it was on a job, you lost favor with the personnel, the the boss. Maybe you lost favor. Many people have lost favor with a spouse. They changed. While they were still at home, they lost favor. One spouse no longer favors the other. Well, what are you going to do? What are you going to do when that happens? The world, the flesh, and the devil tell you, boy, you better flee as a bird to your mountain. You better just run off. Boy, David's in a hard place here. His life's about to change. He's about to be ran off. He's about to be chased and betrayed and turned against. So what do you do? Where do you go? When the foundations of our life are being rattled and shaken, where are you going to go? Who are you going to turn to? David gave us the answer in verse 1. And the Lord put out my trust. Now can I say, we, we all understand that when, when he gets godly counsel from Jonathan, then, then David is going to step out. But it wasn't until that counsel was confirmed that he stepped out of the king's court. David was already, you've got to understand, when these folks came to David, David was already on his mountain. Everything around him was changing, but the Lord was the same. The same God that protected him against the bear and the lion in the pasture, that gave him the victory there and gave him victory over Goliath, was still the same God. That though his foundations were being shaken and rattled, and I mean his foundations were being knocked out from up underneath his feet, it's the same God that would protect him now. Look at verse 2. For lo, the wicked bend their bow, they make ready their arrow upon the string, that they may privily shoot at the upright in heart. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? We're in a spiritual warfare. And it's not just on Sundays or when things are going bad. It's all the time. Hey, there's never a time where the wicked one is not bending his bow. He's making ready his arrow on his string and he's taking aim at you and me. 
He's taken aim at your family. He's taken aim at your spouse. He's taken aim at your children. He's taken aim at everybody. That's why the Bible says be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, is a roaring lion, walking about, seeking whom he may devour. Over in the book of Job, Satan was going to and fro in the earth, walking up and down in it, the Bible says. In 5.8, it says he's still doing the same thing. In 1 Peter 5.8, he still walketh about, seeking whom he may destroy. He hasn't changed his tactics. The wicked one has bent his bow, his arrows up on his string, and he would just love to destroy our foundations. Can I just remind you that there's an organized attack against our country. There, there, there's an organized attack against our homes. There's an organized attack against our churches. There's an organized attack against God's Word. There's an organized attack against God-given standards, against living a holy and righteous and separated life. Hey, there's an attack against Christianity today. The wicked have bent their bow. The arrows pointed at you and me. So what can the righteous do? Can I just say that running away is not the answer? Fleeing to whatever mountain you may think will protect you is not the answer. Following worldly advice, listening to your flesh or giving in to the adversary, that's not the answer. David gives us the answer there. He says, in the Lord put I my trust. Look at verse 4 with me. The Lord is in His holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes behold, His eyelids try the children of men. You know, it may appear that our world is falling apart. The foundations are being destroyed. But can I just remind you that in heaven, everything's all right. There's no foundations being destroyed in heaven. There's no foundations being shaken in heaven. God is on His throne. God is beholding. He sees and He knows what's going on. Look at verse 5. The Lord trieth the righteous, but the wicked, and him that loveth violence, uh, and, and him that loveth violence, his soul hateth, the Bible says. Can I just remind you that trials are not meant to hurt us? But they are meant to draw us closer to the Lord. They're meant to conform us into the image of His Son. The Bible says Job was a perfect man. He was upright. That don't mean he was sinless now. That just means he was living right. He was an upright man who feared God, who eschewed evil before his trial. That's how he was before his trial. But you know what? It says after his trial, he was even better than that. The Bible says he came forth as gold. God does not hedge us from troubles. Troubles are going to come. But some troubles are meant for our good. In Romans 8, 28, it says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to His purpose. For whom He did foreknow, He also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. All things, and you've heard me say this many times, all things are not always good things. Sometimes they're difficult. Sometimes they're heartbreaking. But they will work together for good. David said God is in his temple. Huh. He beholds all things. God is still at work. 
God always has a purpose for what He allows in our lives. David humbled himself under his circumstances and he distrusted God. You know what? It turned out pretty good for him in God's timing. In 1 Peter 5, 6, it says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time. David says, uh, I'm not running off. Hey, I'm not running off. I'm not going to go into hiding. I'm just going to trust the Lord. Why is that? Because God had never let him down. The wicked, they may have their bows bent and their arrows are on their string, but can I just remind you that God's still on the throne? That means he's still in charge of everything. And nothing could happen to David unless God allowed it in his life. So David just says, I'll just trust in him. Verse 7, For the righteous Lord loveth righteousness. His countenance doth behold the upright. What are you going to do when it seems like your world is falling apart and people are turning against you? David said, I'm just going to trust in the Lord and I'm going to keep living right. Why? Because the righteous Lord loveth righteousness. Hey, He's going to keep his eye on the upright. When a family situation, family members, children, grandchildren, when they don't turn out the way they should, hey, you just purpose in your heart that you're just going to keep living right. You think about the prodigal son, how he surely broke the heart of his dad. He he tried to destroy that whole family. Look at the influence it had on his brother as well. But think about this. That daddy just kept on living right. He didn't change. Even though his life changed. That daddy's life. It ain't just the prodigal. We focus, but that daddy's life, that mama's life changed. He was looking for him every day. You don't think that boy wasn't on his mind? But you know what? He didn't change. He stayed the same. Why? So that boy would have somebody to come back to. <laughs> Some place where, hey... Everything was the same. You just keep living right. You just keep doing right. Why? Because God take note of that. God took note of Job and how he responded in his trial. God had his eye on David and God will keep his eye on you and me. Where will you go? David had options, but he chose the best option. He chose to trust the Lord.